0: We are now beginning, with Hashem's help, the last chapter, the final chapter of Shadav There are seven chapters. We're starting chapter seven now. Chapter seven, what is chapter seven about? Um, In uh, the Hakdama, remember the Hakdama? Remember all the way back to the Hakdama? So uh, what did Rebbe Nebuchadnezzar tell us was uh, chapter 7. He told us, it's B'mafsidei HaB'tochem, I don't remember this, I'm looking at it. Right? I flipped back to that page. He says, it's B'mafsidei HaB'tochem Belakim, that which causes one to lose B'tochem in Hashem. The ma'ashe tzarech ledabra b'inyin HaB'tochem wa l'katze b'chalokov. And uh, a summation of the topic and a brief survey of its parts. So it's a little bit two two things going on. We're going to talk about those things that damage b'tochen, and uh, and also we're going to do a little bit of a wrap up. It's us to do a wrap up. Yeah, so a little wrap up built in to uh, to chapter seven. All right, but let's first let's talk about the mafsidy ab'tochen, the things that cause one to uh, to lose b'tochen yeah shall we jump right in the cave since we have completed the exposition of what belongs to this gate according to our understanding in other words we've spoken about the nature of trust and the benefits of trust and how to achieve trust and regarding what one should have trust now that we've done that. Roy it is befitting us. At now at this point. Levoira Mafside Batochin Belakim. Those things that are detrimental to Batochin in Hashem. And I say, Ki mafside Shleishas Hashaar Machadmin Basefer Hazekulum Sidam. That all of the things mentioned as detr- as detrimental in the three preceding gates of this book are all detrimental to trust as well. I mean, Shad is gate four of Chavis And in the end of each of these gates, Bechaye talks about things that are detrimental, that are mafsid, the concept that was just explained. So whatever it is, at the end of the previous three gates that were detrimental to those to those things same thing applies here to betochen plus some more but here are some further detrimental factors that are specific to betochen you can translate as foolishness but uh, maybe it's better to call it here ignorance ignorance about Hashem, about the Creator, and about His attributes, His good attributes. Anyone who fails to appreciate the Creator's compassion for His creatures, His protection of them, His providence, dominion, and control over them. His heart will not rest, meaning he won't be confident in Hashem, and he won't be able to rely on Him. So interesting here, Rebbeinah B'chayis says that there's a certain uh, awareness, knowledge, that is required in order to have proper betochen. And uh, You know, the question is, well, how do you get that awareness? How do you get that knowledge? And one answer may be, well, you know, it's intuitive. Just open your eyes. You see, Hashem is good, right? Okay. And if that answer works for you, then great. (laughs) Beautiful. So then you you don't need any further elaboration. You probably don't even need this class. But let's say that answer isn't good enough for you. So, you you know what? I I know in theory I'm supposed to uh, know how good Hashem is. I believe it, but to know it, to really understand it, I'm not sure I do. Okay, fine, that's fair enough. Fair enough. So then what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar is saying here that having an ignorance about Hashem's ways is going to cause uh, cause a lack of betochen. Okay, so fine, if you have this ignorance, how how are you going to fill in that ignorance? What I'm getting at here is that a lot of people question, you know, when I'm learning Torah. I understand, I have to learn halacha, I have to, I have to learn the laws, how to be a good Jew, what am I supposed to do? Um, but spiritual stuff, which is speaking about purely spiritual phenomena that are going on in, in spiritual worlds, or talking about my neshama, you know, different levels of my neshama, stuff that I'm not even aware of, I'm not even conscious of. What's the point of all that? And, uh, well, one answer is an ignorance of these things actually makes it really hard to fulfill our chayvis our emotional duties to Hashem. Because you can want to have trust in Hashem, But if you're lacking an education about Hashem and Hashem's ways and how Hashem runs the world and Hashem's hashkacha over this world, all the things that Rebbeinu B'chayi just enumerated, you're at a disadvantage. He calls it mafside abatochen factors that are detrimental to b'tochen. So one of the things that somebody who wants to actually have a fighting chance to cultivate adequate betochen is going to have to do is learn chassidus, learn panimia sotayra, and learn a little bit more about Hashem and about how Hashem runs this world and how creation works and all these things that might seem very, very abstract and lofty and um, you know not practical, but yeah, it's very, very practical. Because without this knowledge base, it's really hard to have the right attitude toward Hashem that we need to have. So, uh, just another reminder that learning Chassidus is not just uh, a nice thing to do, it's essential. It's essential. Okay, let's continue. Umeihem sikhlusay be saberis <laughs> Another detrimental factor that causes one not to have betachin is ignorance of the Creator's command. Yitzayni leimer. what I mean to say, is teyrah his taira. Asher ba In which he charged us to rely on him and trust in him. Kamesha Amr, like it says, uvechanuni no bazais. Test me on this. And it says, Trust in Hashem forever and ever. The Teva Avonin says that in the Torah it says that trust in Hashem, specifically in terms of giving tzedakah and trusting that you won't lose out. Not only you won't lose out, that you'll come out ahead. Um, that that is something that is explicit in the Torah. But a person who doesn't know that it says that, then is not going not gonna to rely on that. The Marpa L'Nefesh explains it a little bit differently, um, and he explains it more similarly to what we just said previously about knowing Hashem. The Marpa L'Nefesh says, Torah teaches you how to develop trust in Hashem. It's sort of similar to what we were saying before. Learning about Hashem. How do you learn about Hashem? You learn Torah. But specifically, There are certain parts of Torah that teach you about Hashem. What we call Pinimia Satora. See, this is a primary example of Pinimia It Teaches you about Hashem. Umehem, and another factor that's detrimental to trust. Becoming enamored in immediate causes. What are immediate causes? We're going to explain. He doesn't realize that the closer a cause is to the effect, it has less and less power to cause anything to be affected by it, or you know, to, to damage it, to benefit or to damage. The tirchakna... Anything that's farther away from the ultimate effect, its power and influence to benefit or to harm is all the greater. What are we saying? You have, we've spoken about this before, Rabbi Nobuchai has spoken about this idea before about a chain. Remember, I spoke about the Rube Goldberg machine? There's like a chain of cause and effect so one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing so it's interesting the cause let's say there's a chain of causes so the cause that comes right before the effect is actually the least influential of all the of all the causes it's really if you trace it back the further back you go away from the ultimate effect the more powerful the cause is. So the cause of the cause of the cause of the cause of the cause is actually much more powerful than the immediate cause. But what happens is there are people who just look at a very um, quick shot, you know, like a little snippet of reality, and they see the cause and effect. Oh, that's the cause. That was the most immediate cause, and really the least powerful and influential of all the causes. And if you would trace it back, the further back, meaning the farther away you get from the, the ultimate result, the ultimate effect, the, the, the more you're going to see a greater, more influential, more powerful cause. Ken ha by way of analogy, it's like a king. Kshu echad ma when he wants to punish one of his servants he orders his viceroy, his second command, to do it. Mitzava Hasar. But the the Lamelech, the vice king, he doesn't want to do it. He tells the officer to do it. Hasar And then the, the the officer or the uh, yeah how are we going to call him? He 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 orders a, another guy. Mitzava so, uh, yeah, he commands this, commands this guy who commands this guy who commands this guy until finally the last one is the, the noixim. It's not the one, yeah, the noixim. They they carried out, and they use some type of, uh, like, a, an instrument to do it. A club or whatever they hit the guy with, right? Okay, so if you would look... At the immediate cause of the punishment, it's this club that's hitting the guy. But the club is being being shaken by this guy guy, who is commanded by a 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 guy, who is commanded by the king. The instruments, the ones that actually hit him, are the ones that actually have the least amount of influence to benefit or to damage the servant who's getting because they have no will of their own they're just instruments so it's really the ones who are wielding this, this, this instrument who has the power but they don't even have the power the ones who are wielding the instruments because they're just taking orders from who? From the next up, up on the chain of command. So the Sardyot is bigger than the Sardyot. But the sheiter is bigger than the Sardyot. The Sard is bigger than the Sardyot. Sard Sard. And the Mishnah, the, the viceroy, is bigger than the Sard. the king's on top of all And the king's on top of all of them. Yimchalai, and why do you say the king is on top of all them? Because he has the most will. Because if he wants, if he so wills it, he could throw out the whole case. He can pardon the, the servant. So it's really his will that's driving the whole thing. And yet, the king is the farthest away from the actual implementation of the punishment. So somebody is just looking at a snapshot. He's like, oh, that guy's really powerful. Why? Because he's the one doing the hitting. Yeah, he's he's hitting because that's his job. Somebody told him to do it by, by someone who told him to, by someone who told him by somebody who told him. And and, and the point is, it's a martial, it's a martial, it's a martial about life. That there are people who are very myopic, short-sighted, and they see what is the, what's the cause, what's the cause of something, whatever the most immediate cause is. They don't trace back the whole uh, chain of events. So says the rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, So we see that the causes are weaker or stronger in helping one affected by them in proportion to their closeness to him or remoteness from him. The farther away, the more powerful. It's like leverage, Right? The longer the stick, meaning the farther away you are from the fulcrum, the more leverage you have. And the Creator, may He be exalted, is the final cause, the ultimate cause, infinitely remote from those affected by Him. So it is fitting to trust in Him and rely on Him. It is proper to trust him and rely on him because of his great power to help or harm as we have explained. So this is one of the mafside abetokhin, one of the factors that causes people not to have adequate betochin is a misunderstanding of this basic principle in life. They see things in a very... You know, very zoomed in type of way. So what caused this? What caused it is, you know, I I, I know I keep using this metaphor over and over again. I just think it's very helpful, right? The UPS driver brought me my birthday present. No, he didn't. First of all, even just to say that, you know, he he didn't bring it to you. Your mother sent it to you. But hold on a second. Your mother dropped it off at the UPS place, and there's a guy who works there, the UPS place where where your mother brought the present, right? And then there's a guy, that's the guy at the counter, he gives it to another guy who puts it in the back, who gives it to another guy who puts it on a truck, who gives it to another guy, who brings it to a warehouse, who gives it to another guy, who brings it to the airport, who brings it to another guy, who puts it on the plane, who brings it to another guy who flies the plane, and finally they put it on a truck, and then they get, put it on your guy's truck, then your, your UPS driver, by the time he gets to you and delivers it, and you're like, this is the guy who brought it to me, not only is he not the guy who brought it to you, but of all the UPS guys, he's the least influential of all of them. Because he's just, you know, taking the baton, so to speak, in the relay race, so to speak, from the guy who handed it to him. But he's, he's just the last, he's the very last link on the chain. You want to know who has more influence, the farther up the chain you go, the farther back you go, the more influence you see, until finally you get to your mother, who's the one who actually chose to send you the present. So what, 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 what Rabino B'chayi is describing here as one of the Mafsidi Betochen is really like, if I could call it, a cognitive issue, where a person misunderstands the nature of reality. Um, Maybe even could call it a little bit of an immaturity, an intellectual immaturity, where he doesn't really understand how things work. So he attributes a lot of power to immediate causes. And therefore, that's what he's you know most concerned about. Oh, I gotta make sure that the UPS guy likes me so that I get a birthday present from my mother again this year, right? It's like so illogical. But somebody who would imagine if he would think that it's coming from the UPS guy, then obviously, then emotionally, that that's where his emotional uh, connection goes to that relationship, right? So imagine, just to give a. a a very relatable example, I hope, I think, a relatable example. You know, you go to a job and you work and you have a boss who signs your check. Okay, so my boss signed my check. He's the one who's giving me the money. Well, you know what? Even setting aside spiritual, you know, metaphysical reality, your boss isn't the one who gave you the check, you know, the your boss has money cuz there's a business you're running a business you know maybe you're selling something goods or services but there are customers who give that money to the company so your boss has the money to pay you so is it really your boss or is it the customers and then well the fact that your customers have the money to buy this thing you know If your customers don't have money, if if the economy tanks and then they're not buying, so then your boss doesn't have money to give you because the customers are not giving it because the customers aren't getting it from their job wherever they work. And and the more you're able to think expansively like this, the more you're able to realize, you know what? In In the end, really, if you trace it all the way to its origin, Hashem is the one who at will puts all of this Again, to use this term, this Rube Goldberg machine, into motion. You know, Hashem sets it into motion, which really, you know, that's you know the whole idea of Hashem running the world. But hatava. You know, we speak about this about there's Havaya and there's elokim. There's the transcendent God and there's the God which is within nature. Elokim is the gematria of hatava, which means the nature, the way that the world works. Right. So. What does it mean that God is invested in nature? It means that at least one perspective of the way the world works is when Hashem wants something done, He sets into motion a natural course of events that will culminate in a particular result that He wants. Now, there's another way of looking at it too, which is that because Hashem's creating everything, every stage of the process, and every, every step of the way. And so really, you can't say he's only at the beginning of the process. He's at the end of the process as well, and in every step in between. But that's the perspective of Havaya, that is creating the world, who's mehave, bringing the world into being something from nothing every single second. But I'm saying even from a perspective of Alakim, where Hashem is hidden within nature and obeys the laws of nature which he created, um, you can still see that Hashem is the ultimate power, and the fact that he does things in a natural way, and that things, you know, there's cause and effect, that, shouldn't lead, that should not lead you to the erroneous conclusion that whatever you saw bring about a certain effect is its actual cause. Whatever you saw, in fact, whatever you're actually seeing as being the immediate cause. Is probably the least important. Is definitely the least important of all the causes in the chain. So you have to think abstractly. If you only think concretely, meaning you look and you see what your eye can see as being the immediate cause of something, you're always going to be missing a true interpretation of 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 the situation. You can say, you know, well, I I didn't get paid because my because my boss didn't pay me. Well, yeah, you then. That's, that's very very short-sighted. That's only looking at a very, the most because the most immediate thing. My, you know, it's as ridiculous to say I didn't get paid because the secretary who puts the paychecks in the envelope didn't put it in the envelope. Well, she didn't put the the, the, the check in the envelope because the boss didn't didn't run payroll. The point is that um, this is actually very much related to the other two. Uh, factors which are detrimental b'tochem. The first thing we said is ignorance about Hashem. second thing we said is ignorance about Torah. third thing is ignorance about the way the world works. These are all cognitive issues, is what I'm trying to say. They're not emotional things and they're not even like spiritual or religious things. They're just they're cognitive things. They're like a, a, a certain limited way of thinking and uh, they have to be remedied. You have to deal with it. So the remedy to, to, to problem number one, not knowing, how, you know, not knowing enough about how Hashem runs the world, so you have to know, learn some chassidus and find out. Remedy to not knowing enough Torah and knowing what Torah teaches us about, about Hashem, you learn, learn Torah. Okay? And, and the third thing, not understanding properly how cause and effect works. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say grow up, because I don't mean emotionally grow up, no, but I mean, intellectually, grow up, stop, you know, look at the way reality actually works, and it's, it's ironic because a lot of times when people, say to, people say to others who have faith, oh, you need to grow up, you know, stop, stop living in a fantasy, and they feel, the person who is mocking those with faith feels very grown up, he feels very sophisticated, He feels very smart. Why? Because I am I'm basing my worldview on, on something empirical, on something that you can see, something tangible, something concrete. And you, you're basing your understanding on things that are totally abstract and, and, and imaginary, things nobody could see. So, you know, it sounds very compelling if that's like a, a, an argument among children, but among adults, Any adult realizes, you want to know the real influential factors in life? It's never the thing that you see. That's as silly as saying, I didn't get paid because the secretary didn't put the check in the envelope. Person who's really sophisticated and understands how the world works understands has to do with intangible things. It has to do with the economy. It has to do with factors that are forces that are unseen that have an effect on an effect on an effect on an effect on an effect until finally there's no, ch- there's no paycheck to put in your envelope. So, so who's the one who's you know, being intellectually immature? The Person who's assigning causation to the most immediate factors? Or the person who understands that, that's, that the most immediate factor is never the really determining factor. I hope this is understood. I don't know. Maybe that itself is too abstract of an idea. Um, yeah. Anyway, fine. So let's leave off there. And uh, Mirza Shan will continue tomorrow night with more of chapter 7.